All right. Well, let's get this show on the road. Uh, welcome, everyone, to our 7 Investing Market Madness tournament that we're running all month. A uh, reminder that 7 Investing is here to empower you to invest in your future. We're having a little bit of fun this month because this tournament, what we're doing is we're matching up stocks head-to-head and trying to figure out a simple question of which of these two companies, which of these two stocks, rather, do you think is the better investment today for the next three years? And even though that might be a simple question, uh, it's never a simple answer. It's always very complex because every stock has got its opportunities and its risks as well. And so we're having a little bit of fun this month. We're analyzing 16 stocks through eight head-to-head matchups uh, in a market madness bracket. You can follow along at 7investing.com slash market madness. My name is Simon Erickson. I'm the founder and CEO of 7investing, and I'm joined today by two of our lead advisors, Steve Symington and Christoph Pikarski. We've got a matchup uh, today between number six ranked Alphabet and number 11 ranked Datadog. And a reminder that our rankings are based upon the 2022 total investing return. It's been interesting because we've seen a lot of matchups, right? 2022 was an interesting year where a lot of larger cap blue chip companies uh, were the markets or the S&P's best performers. Uh, but maybe this is just maybe this is the year that things might turn around and there might be a little bit more risk appetite, at least in the in the market at large. So with with that, you know, I'm going to hit it first to uh, to Christoph to take the higher ranked seed alphabet. And then we'll hand it over to Steve uh, to to discuss Datadog. We're being completely objective in our analysis. And then on Twitter, if you follow along at seven investing, we, we really like to put the poll out to everyone to cast your vote on which of these two you think is the better stock to hold for the next three years. And of course, at any time, you can ask questions. Uh, You can ask for speaker privileges if you want to speak live, or you can post comments into the chat as you're following along. So all of that said, Christoph, I'm going to hand it over to you. What can you tell us about Alphabet? So, Simon, just to clarify, you want me to uh, go over the bull case, the bear case, and then my own opinion? That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. The bull case for Alphabet, I almost feel like it goes without saying. This is one of the single best business models in all of human history. (laughs) How's that for a bull case, right? And they've been a monopoly for, what, uh, two and a half decades, right? They make money by selling advertising via search engine and this search engine basically runs all over the world except for china so it's a verb everyone knows what it means to google most people i guess don't know that google makes their money via rankings uh, of the search indexes and uh selling advertising right so it's it's an advertising company that has this monopoly it's also immensely cash flow positive. So it has a huge market cap. It has immense amounts of money flowing into its coffers. It's a monopoly. It's a verb. It's kind of dominated the world in what it does for two and a half decades. The bull case, it's going to continue doing that. There's no reason for it to stop. I think that's, that's a simple overview of the bull case. Now, the bear case is much more interesting. The bear case is that all monopolies eventually crack. 
one way or another because especially in technology because technology and innovation is by definition innovative and things change faster than say a large behemoth can keep up with and i think we're starting to see some of those cracks by that i mean the ai chatbot wars have gone into full bloom even before spring has officially been uh, announced on the calendar and you see other gigantic monoliths like Microsoft starting to integrate AI chat into their own competitors' search engines. And from a monopolist standpoint, this is, I would say, worrisome because uh, maybe it's not going to be overnight, but as soon as competitors find a way in, via via technology uh, shift in technology to at least take a little portion of what was previously all yours well now you've got you've got uh potentially slowdown in revenue growth and cash flows so that's kind of a a high level bear case my own take on this is that the bear case is much more alluring unfortunately i'm kind of an outlier here i'm being contrarian i think to what what many of the bulls are saying which is i think most people and i'm seeing google as i hate to use this word it's it's almost weird uh coming out of my mouth but like a has been because it's mostly stopped innovating i mean it, it it built a incredible search engine several decades ago and then it also made a good gmail product but everything else has been acquisition based and the innovation well just is kind of littered with a bunch of failures along the way. Think Google+. Plus. Meanwhile, AI itself is turning into a paradigm shift. Uh, the kind of paradigm shift we've never experienced before as a species. Where this thing is going to go is, is highly, highly unpredictable. But it's certainly going to get there faster than any other kind of technological innovation we've ever seen before. So my money on and is is to think in terms of paradigm shifts, and I'm seeing like, wait a second, you have this older breed tech monopoly in the crosshairs of all kinds of competition, plus on top of that, a paradigm shift that's kind of like Wild West territory. I don't feel comfortable at all as a shareholder of Google at this moment. I love it, Christoph. I love being objective in this, too. We want to put the uh, make it loud and clear to everybody listening that we want everyone to be objective and look at both the bull and the bear case for, for any of these companies. I think you summarized it pretty well that uh, it's been dominant, but past is never the you know predictive of future returns. And there's certainly some competitive pressures. Christoph, are you voting for Datadog in this matchup over Google? Personally? Yes, sir. My vote is in. And... Not only right, yeah, uh, I could, yeah, yes, I I voted for Datadog, and I have all kinds of reasons for that as well. But I'll hold off on those. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Steve, Steve, he gave you a pretty glowing endorsement. Well, he, he pitched Alphabet, but he he actually yeah. wants to vote for Datadog. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, that it, one? It's hard to argue, you know, that Alphabet isn't just a monster of a business where they have eight products with a billion plus users. I mean, that's super impressive, but. Um, 
I love Datadog so much. You know, it's it's a fantastic business. It, I mean, for anyone unfamiliar, it's a, a, a monitoring and security platform for cloud applications. So um, sounds sort of niche, but it's really not. Uh, you know, as, as companies kind of undergo their cloud transformations, um, you know, cloud migrations, digital transformation is, is kind of what you'll see uh, management refer to it as. Um, they're coming off this banner year in 2022, I think revenue last year was up like 63%. It was about 44%, better than expected in Q4. Um, you know, their adjusted earnings crushed expectations. They have this habit of under-promising and over-delivering. And um, that's sort of what crushed the stock. Well, it, it was a roller coaster uh, so far in, in you know, 2023, you know, we saw shares from peak to trough or trough to peak rather between early January and mid February rally 40% and then basically all but give up those gains. Uh, as management sort of, well, again, I think is under promising, like so many other high growth tech names right now, they're calling for growth of about 24% in 2023. And uh, a lot of that, I, I think, is, is high growth tech companies taking the opportunity to kind of reset expectations and say, hey, look, we have some headwinds on the macro side and our enterprise clients are being more cautious about their spending. And uh, in, in this case, their cloud spending, their cloud usage, because this is a usage based model, uh, Datadog. And it's one of those things where they say we are going to come in and be more conservative given the, the market and the potential difficulties that we're facing. And I think that's totally fair. Uh, do I think it's worthy of the haircut <clears throat> that Datadog stock has endured? No, uh, I think we've been given a gift at this point with several names, uh, Datadog among them, uh, in order to either open or add to a position in this stock. If you are a patient long-term investor, that's something that management uh, has insisted. They said, while we see people are being more cautious with their cloud usage in the near term, nothing has changed with regard to their long-term opportunity. And uh, in fact, actually, Datadog management during their uh, their earnings call with analysts even insisted that it's healthy for customers to kind of optimize their spending uh, in the meantime as we kind of figure out what this new normal is. Uh, so I think it's a, a wonderful business over the long term. And I think uh, this will revert to that mean and then some uh, in time for people who are patient and, uh, and, and don't mind buying and holding a, a great business. Christoph, you want to chime in with thoughts on Datadog? I, I know that we talk a lot about digital transformation. You obviously need to have visibility into the stack. Any thoughts on this? And then I wanted to offer some of my own as well. Yeah, I'm going to play weird devil's advocate to myself <laughs> and my own please, right now. Please do. I, I didn't cover the bear case uh, so much. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I'd love to hear kind of what you have to say. And I can chime in as well there. Yeah, so, so arguing against myself... Uh, I'm, I'm looking, it's so much fun. You should try it sometime. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at, uh, a research presentation by something called, uh, battery ventures. I don't even know where I found this thing, but it shows a chart. Uh, the title of this, of this graphic is cloud software spending priorities, cloud software that is a top five priority for the chief executives over the next 12 months, right? So where are chief executives of companies spending their money uh, and in what priority? 
And number one on this graph is obviously cloud infrastructure, which is made of the big players, AWS, Google Cloud, and Azure, right? So you have, so so that's, you would think that's the bull case for Google, right? It's, it's, uh, it's in the top priority. But then, so, so surprising to me was that as you go through the different categories, and I'll read them off one by one, uh, Cloud infrastructure, number one, data warehouse, number two, enterprise security, three, enterprise apps, four. Those are the must-haves, so to speak. Then we get to automation, data operations, AI ML tools, vertical-specific software, collaboration, developer security, and then second to last developer tools and apps which is where this research company placed datadog along with hashicorp and github and then the last category is product analytics and in the developer tools and apps category 18 percent of the executives prioritize that category versus 79 percent in the cloud infrastructure so I'm not saying this chart is the end all and be all, but I'm looking at this thing and I was almost surprised. Like, why the hell is Datadog categorized uh, so low in the in the spend priority? And if there's any truth to this, I guess poll, uh, then. I guess when the when the spending is you know halted based on all this stuff macro stuff and and um, the things Steve touched on, I don't like investing in a company that's so low on priority spending. Basically, I, I think it's a good point. I, I like the point you bring up, and I want to chime in with some thoughts on Datadog too because this is one that we kind of used it as the bellwether to how the cloud is 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 doing right how, how how the cloud is evolving you know how much people are spending on the cloud and, and kind of how things are going out there and so I, I like what you point out Steve that you know we've seen um, just with the macro environment and everything it seems like people are trying to find ways to cut back on costs right the cloud was not just going to expand forever and everyone's just going to spend an infinite amount of time or money on it I mean you kind of see that like the bigger trend is in place we need the observability we need to know how things and apps are running out in the cloud Datadog has separated itself from kind of several of its other competitors, the New Relics out there, uh, the unfortunate named PagerDuty out there. You know, these companies that kind of try to do similar things. It seems like it's become top dog. But then you kind of see, like you said, that usage-based pricing. People are finding ways through recessions, through macro challenges, as you're cutting headcount, whatever it is. Uh, Datadog kind of, kind of bore some of the brunt of that. And that might be why this stock is down 50% over the last year. You know, maybe it's been a reset of expectations. You, you, you mentioned, Steve, that kind of they cut back their guidance in your article back to about 25%. Now, that's down pretty significantly from where they were kind of post-COVID in 2021. But still, it seems like the long-term opportunity, as you guys both have said, uh, is intact for this. I certainly don't think the cloud spending is is lower five years from now than it is today. And it seems like maybe this is a company to take an opportunity. From. Right. And, and make no mistake, um, you know, Datadog management notes that their client base is continuing to expand their usage of with Datadog. 
they're just doing so at a, a lower pace than they were uh, before. So, um, you know, the, it'll be, I, I think their growth will be more slanted toward new client additions and less accelerated by expanded use with existing clients. That's fine in the near term. Uh, I'm okay with that. And whereas, you know, you take a company like Alphabet and, and they're sort of this bellwether um, for the state of the advertising industry. And, um, you know, I, I think the risk really for a company like Datadog is does, you know, how long does this slower growth persist? And, uh, and, and what kind of premium are they sacrificing uh, as far as uh, valuation premiums that the market is willing to uh, assign to a business like this if that growth deceleration uh, persists longer than they think it might? So, uh, you know, I, I guess that's, that's it, if anything, kind of a state of the broader market and the market's view of tech stocks and high growth stocks. But it also helps. Um, and Alphabet has this too, obviously, but it also helps that Datadog is comfortably free cash flow positive. I think their their free cash flow margin was like twenty one percent in in the fourth quarter, and and um, you know so twenty plus percent free cash flow margins, and uh, the market will view that favorably as well. A business that's able to kind of generate its own cash and isn't reliant on. Um, whoops, let's watch our cash burn because we're going to run out of it eventually. And, and there are several other businesses that uh, I've sold in the past year plus um, because it is a difficult environment to raise cash and uh, the market views that free cash flow positivity favorably. That's a great point, Steve. I'm glad I, I want to chat a little bit about the stocks here, too. We've got the businesses. We all we all know Alphabet. We all know these billion user products that it's got out there globally. Uh, we're familiar with Datadog. You know, we've talked a lot a bit about observability programs or platforms, excuse me, and then kind of the digital transformation so many companies are going through. Uh, the, the stocks have had a reset of expectations during this past year. Um, Datadog one year ago was selling at 44 times sales and it's at 12 times sales today, right? This is a complete uh, reset of expectations of the market where there, what used to be kind of the euphoria, the optimism, you, you know, the growth rates were very exciting for for investors and now you're getting a, a company that like you mentioned uh an important niche free cash flow positive uh selling at 12 times sales i think it was 50 times operating cash flow and the other thing that i wanted to point out too i wanted to take google's side on this a little bit too i wanted to speak up on alphabet's behalf because it's very rare that you will buy a company of alphabet's caliber mm -hmm. who like you mentioned christoph has got definitely some competitive threats if not um legal threats and regulatory threats and kind of every threat, AI threat, but also AI opportunity to a company of this dominant of a caliper that's selling at a 5% free cash flow yield. Uh, that is very attractive and very rare for a company like that. You're, you're almost always paying a premium for Alphabet. You are not paying a premium right now. And uh, Steve, Steve, I'm going to hand it back to you. And then I want to hand it back to Christoph again. I already know how Christoph voted. Steve, I want to ask you how you voted but before we do that, I want to point out we've got the live poll going on at seven investing on our Twitter. Uh, this is the closest matchup we've had to date. You know, we, we've had these for two weeks now, and it's basically a 50 50 split on how people are voting. Steve, I hand it to you with some thoughts on how you yeah, would vote. I, I voted Datadog, and uh, that's, if anything, my propensity to to focus on the slightly smaller side of uh, of high growth stocks. Uh, I think Datadog is the more attractive opportunity personally, but also 
uh, alphabet around 90 and change is, is an absurd deal uh, as well. So I, I think this is a, a, a can't lose kind of opportunity uh, either way personally. Um, but I do own Datadog. Currently don't own Alphabet, but I probably should. And it's one of those stocks that, you know, how many times over the last 15, 20 years have I said, oh, I should probably own this. But um, Alphabet is a, a fantastic business. And I also think uh, unjustifiably beaten down. What is it down? It's 45% down from its high. Um, yeah. And uh, over the last year, about fifty percent. Yeah, yep. so bonkers. But uh, I, I think both really attractive opportunities. But I voted Data Dog. Hey, Steve. Can... Go ahead. Well, Steve, I got. I have two questions for you. One, well, one a comment, and 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 then the question. Uh, the I'm. I really, you know, anchoring uh, in our biases are always. I'm always looking for them, and it, if I'm at all correct about paradigms shifting, then, then you know what something sold for before does not mean that's what it sh- should sell for five years <laughs> from now, right? Yes, uh, price anchoring. We have to be very, very aware of. Oh, it's going to return to that high, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yes. Imagine, like, you know, ten years from now, we look in the future and we see like AI has taken over completely, and that Google is just one of the players and it has lost its monopoly status, right? Right. Uh, are we going to be worried? You know. Uh, knowing that, can we be confident that the share price has followed? And I'm saying basically paradigm shifts are weird things, you know, yes. like they're there. It's the whole thing that you just can't wrap your mind around this this nebulous future. Um, so I, I, I just want to my, my bear case around Google is kind of based fully on embracing the unknowns uh, uh, seriously. So that's point one. But two, I was hoping you could maybe give us a little bit of uh, understanding about Datadog in co- in the context of GitLab's latest results. Because mm. my own my own uh, <laughs> very very generalist view is that GitLab basically said, kind of similar to what I think this this research chart I'm referring to said that yeah. developers are not being prioritized. And therefore, right, spend and consumption goes down and revenues, uh, future revenue growth drops. Now, how accurate would you say it's, it is to kind of link Datadog and GitLab as similars? And to what extent are they, you know, kind of broadly similar, but not really? Uh, they, they, they're more similar than you'd think. And, and you know, this is coming from someone myself who was you know, a former software engineer, right? In, in my old professional life, uh, that was one of the most frustrating things as a software engineer was to watch the disparity between your, what you would set as your spending priorities and what your managers would set as their spending priorities because they're looking at this big level view. You zoom in and say, I need this, and then you don't get it. And uh, I think you know, products like GitLab and Datadog are are sort of things that developers might prioritize over some of those bigger picture uh, infrastructure spend because it's harder to understand how they're useful unless you're in the trenches and you realize that you need these products. So they are similar. And it's funny because GitLab just came out. And I think if memory serves from reading through their call last night, uh, their guidance for the coming year calls for about 25% growth. So right up, right in the same level. As uh, as Datadog's calling for, uh, except GitLab's getting hammered to the 
to the tune of a 27% drop today, which, you know, it, it's, it's sort of recovering some of that, but um, yeah, it, it's funny because the, their, their conference calls, they say very, very similar things. Their, their, their feelings for the coming year are, are largely echoed as far as macro concerns and people kind of slowing their spend on products like that. So uh, yeah, I, I think you're on base. They're, they're more similar than you might think. Um, from a from a spending standpoint. Oh, and for the record, uh, Alphabet. Uh, I think if you're Sundar Pichai talking to Congress, you would insist that you don't have a monopoly. But <laughs> they never don't say the word. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't want that. But uh, they they're also the kind of business that can you know they can write off a five billion dollar antitrust fine as an operating expense in any given quarter and still be handsomely profitable but uh yeah the google and its monopoly status that's just kind of one of the the costs of doing business as a mammoth in that industry but and that's kind of one of the other reasons too i wanted to say one more thing here about alphabet um and then again if if people have comments please please share them in the Mm -hmm. chat but the other thing to this note to this point that you make steve is to avoid being called a monopoly, which is the bad word in the tech world. <laughs> uh, you know, Alphabet has tried to do these other bets, right? You know, we we've had kind of the uh, you know Google, Google Fiber experiment that they had. They had the uh, the self driving car Waymo. They had the uh, w- was it Nest? You know, the home thermostats. You know, there was a whole bunch of you know, the life sciences, Verily, or the contact lenses. Um, it was trying to find these massive markets that were hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars in size, where Google could say, hey, we're not a monopoly in this. Look at this. We've got one percent share. And this is just going to, uh, you know, stack on top of all of the profits that we've gotten in searching and advertising. And I think it's it's safe to say, you know, when you look at the operating losses, which have totaled in you know tens of billions of dollars now, it has not successfully monetized those other bets yet. And the question for, for me uh, still remains, which just goes back to what Christoph said a couple of minutes ago here, is will Alphabet keep its mojo in this massive advertising platform that it has, all these products, these billion user products that it has that are still supported by advertising dollars, or will it be able to find another niche for all of its data that it has? Um, keeping in mind, Google produced $60 billion in free cash flow this past year. That's almost tripled in the last five years. But again, it's kind of under attack. It's been buying back shares. It's been spending a lot of money on these other bets. But it seems like we have not found a profitable other bet that fits the business just yet. Uh, So I think at at that point, um, I would like everyone to ask. I'd like everyone to, to vote in the poll. You know, like we said, we've. We've seen a little bit of a shift in the last couple of minutes here, but it still looks like a pretty close in between Alphabet and Datadog in this matchup. Um, I'm I'm 50 50. I, I I could go either way. You guys both were in a glowing endorsement for Datadog. For me, this is a really really close one, probably because I am such a fan of Alphabet and everything that it's done for for several years now. Um, would anyone in the audience like to, to chime in and, and share thoughts? Go ahead, Christoph. We're waiting for comments. Thing. I just want to point out that uh, that technically uh, Datadog isn't a consumption model, and also um, that it suffered a pretty bad outage uh, in the last I don't know couple of days. And 
I guess the anytime you have a severe outage, the market doesn't look too thrillingly upon that. My own interpretation is that's a sort of short-term issue, and it might even highlight how important Datadog is to all the companies that use it. So in terms of you know uh, the market and the current price, I'm saying Datadog has a lot of bad uh, juju going around its company at the moment. But fast forward three years from now, it seems like obviously this will be a little tiny uh, uh, molehill that no one will ever remember. So maybe keep that in mind in terms of timing. Absolutely. Great point, Christoph. And I mean, it's hard to really complain too much for a company that's free cash flow positive, still growing 24%, you know, in annual guidance. Um, I mean, when we look at that and we say, you know, oh gosh, look how things have gotten, but you still look at, you know, 20% growth in a market that's still very relevant. It's hard to hate too much on, on guidance like that. And Steve, any final thoughts on, uh, on Alphabet or, or Datadog before I bring this home here? Uh, both great companies and, and hard to lose, but uh, I, I give the edge to Datadog, as, as one might expect me to do. Fantastic. Well, once again, vote on our poll at 7investing here on Twitter. You can follow along, 7investing.com slash market madness if you'd like to follow along with the entire tournament we've done so far. I do want to also put in a plug right now that we're giving away our newest service, 7investing Starter, for absolutely free in all of March. Uh, this is a, by popular demand. We were asked to produce a, uh, a service that was lower cost but had less content. We said, okay, we'll give two recommendations per month. We'll give the deep dives. We'll give the direct access to the advisors on those. And you can see all of our thinking about them. Uh, but it's only $17 a month. And we're going to give it away for free. So you can kind of test it out here in March. If you check out our 7investing.com slash subscribe page, Please check out Starter. Again, we do not want your money here in March. We're giving the product away for absolutely free. So you can kind of get um, uh, a good feel for what we're doing with 7 Investing Starter. And thanks, for everybody, for attending live uh, for yet another Market Madness. This is a good one. Alphabet versus Datadog could go either way. You heard compelling arguments for both of those from, from my colleagues, Steve Symington and Christoph Bikarski. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Again, come vote in our poll. We'll be back again tomorrow with, uh, with yet another Market Madness matchup. The tomorrow's is going to be Disney versus AMD. That's going to be a pretty interesting one. And then the very final one to close out the entire first round will be Intel versus NVIDIA. I know several of us on this call are going to be interested in, in how that one shakes out because of our interest in semiconductors. And that will be on Thursday. We're going to have some guests appear for this one as well. Uh, so thanks again. We appreciate you coming in and listening live and vote on our poll at 7investing here on Twitter. We'll be back again tomorrow morning with yet another Market Madness. Have a great day.